of all the souls I have encountered in my travels. His was the most human. Welcome back to the Wrath of Khan Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and discuss Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan one minute at a time. I'm David Stoker. And I'm Chris LaSalle. Hey, Chris. Welcome back. Hey, Dave. Uh, welcome back to you. And uh, uh, I know I just I have to interrupt. I'm sorry. It's, it's, yes. it's Monday, and I uh, just want to wish you a happy birthday. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Happy birthday. Yes. You're so young. Second second birthday on Rathacon Minute. We had Jonathan Carlisle and now my birthday. So awesome. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, we are moving on to Minute 106, and we are happy to have as a guest uh, Brett Stillo from uh, The Five Minutes of Trouble. Welcome, Brett. Oh, great. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Really excited to be here. It's the end. I'm kind of honored that, you know, I'm, I'm – we're – Heading out the back door, or whatever the metaphor you want to use. But, uh, here we are. And yeah, Dave, happy birthday. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for coming on, Brett. Yes, you are our final guest as we, uh, we're wrapping up uh, the uh, final few minutes here this week. And um, uh, we're going to uh, we'll probably have uh, one or so wrap-up af- episodes uh, after this week. Um, uh, I think we're going to summarize all the credits into probably one episode. Yeah. Uh, with just Dave and I, but uh, yeah, we're we really appreciate you uh, coming in and uh, uh, joining us for this uh, last few. Oh, happy to be here! You know, this this is definitely one of my favorite movies in one of my favorite franchises, so it's a thrill. Excellent. Sweet. So uh, we're on minute one hundred and six. So this minute starts with uh, Kirk finishing his uh, captain's log from last minute, saying, uh, "I must return to this place again." And then the minute ends with the sun shining over the new Genesis planet. It's a very melancholy yeah. moment. It's it's, it's, it's sweet. I, I just feel like this is the um, you know obviously Spock's not there, but this is the minute where you just everyone's together. It's the end of the show. We all got to wave goodbye. You know, it's like it, that's what I feel. I mean, it's yeah. just I, I'm a little. It's a fantastic movie. I feel like this is a little cheesy. Oh, see, that's a note I had in. Uh, I had that note too, but it was more specific. Um, and yeah, I love the movie too. So coming right out of the bat, saying cheesy, but uh, you know McCoy's line. You know, he's always oh, not really dead as long as we remember, remember him. him. I'm like, oh, yeah. couldn't they have come up with a? I mean, that's a pretty cliche term when someone passes away. Like, couldn't yeah. they come up with a better line for him? You know, some you know wisecracking Southern, you know turn a phrase that's you know similar uh so i was kind of like oh i could have done a little better there i think yeah i agree with that (laughs) and yet you know this is uh you know a great throwback to all those you know tail end episodes the tag at the end here we are back on the bridge and we're you know we're watching the planet get smaller and smaller and you know, it's it's interesting. The tone is so different because so many so many of those the original episodes ended on a light note. Kirk's mm. practically spinning around in his chair. His legs are crossed. You know, he looks like a talk show host, and everyone's kind of gathered around the chair. 
Um, and you know, there's a guess some some glib little joke. The only thing missing in those is is uh, in the mid laugh they do a freeze frame. Yeah. <laughs> you get the credit. I don't think uh, I ever would have noted uh, Kirk being a game show host there, but. Uh... <laughs> He just you needs know, that really long microphone, right? Yeah. Really <laughs> I think I'm a little older than you guys, so I can definitely remember, you know, sick days and seeing, actually, yeah, seeing Shatner and Nimoy together with Dick Clark on the $20,000 pyramid. Oh, wow. Oh, so that would have been awesome. Yeah. And I can tell you that, like, Shatner did a lot of game shows in the 70s. So, I don't know, he, he was kind of one of those... You know, I, th- I posted on uh, on the fan site, you know, the Merv Griffin show, and he was just kind of one of those guys who yeah, doing that kind of stuff. So that's awesome, making the rounds. Yeah, I do. I do feel like this is sort of like yeah, it's the end of an episode, and I feel like the tonal shift of the movie, uh, you know, that the tone of the movie has changed. Obviously, you know, just a couple minutes ago, we're you know we're lamenting you know Spock's death and. Kirk trying, you know, sitting alone in his his quarters and David comes in and that big revelation of David knows that he's his father. And then we just sort of come here and it's like, hey, he's not really dead. You know, as long as we remember him and, you know, how do you feel, Jim? I feel young. You know, it's I feel like they the the tone shifted so much that I'm like, yeah, and maybe and, and maybe this is part of, you know, me and Chris have talked about it. They they did reshoots because, you know, that the end of the movie when it originally was shot was such a bummer. And, you know, it ends pretty much when Spock dies. And I just feel like this is – maybe they just went a little too far with the happy-go-lucky end. Yeah, I know what you mean there. I know what you mean because, you know, a moment ago we saw Kirk and David in um, – you, know, you guys were talking about this last week. You covered it really well. The, the most awkward uh, family reunion scene ever filmed. Oh, Yeah. Uh, in fact, I, I, I wanted to ask a question. I don't think you guys got into this, but it, to me, it almost seems as though there's just flat out no chemistry between Merritt Buckrick and William Shatner. And I could see maybe those two guys just not getting along on set and not being able to get past that because, you know, going back to the, the worst hug ever, uh, <laughs> yeah. you kind of see where they could play. Oh, this is an awkward moment you know, meeting for the first time. But, you know, if they'd have just added just a dash of warmth, right, a little bit of sugar there, then this transition to a slightly more relieved Kirk would have been, I think, a little smoother. But the fact that, yeah, they had that very awkward hug. Um, it was like, I, I don't want to hug you. I don't want to hug you either. Yeah. <laughs> something we have to do. Yeah, they're on the bridge, and yeah, it does seem like, you know, where did the, where did Kirk suddenly, um, you know, he's on the bridge, and now he's he's feeling a lot better. Well, you know, I think the chemistry comment is interesting because, um, you know, def- definitely the characters went from like, you know, just a, there was very little transition from like when they were in the Genesis cave, uh, you know, David was essentially making fun of Kirk. He's like, oh, he cheated. He's calling him a cheater when he right. learns about the Kobayashi Maru. Uh, then you essentially you get to, you know, the, the scene on the bridge, the final confrontation with Khan, and, uh, you know, we're all going to die, right? That's, that, that was it. But there were, really weren't any words spoken there uh, between them. Uh, and then they get to this, you know, this the, the awkward hug. Um, <clears throat> and... Uh, well, 
I wonder if that's you know that's that's just part of it. Even just for 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 us viewing it, it's just like well, these guys. He was not that he was hostile. Not that David was hostile right. to Kirk, but he was definitely not a fan of Kirk. Just you know. <laughs> Yeah, just ago, at the beginning, yeah, the beginning yeah. of the movie, he's yeah. He says, you know, he's an overgrown Boy Scout. I I think the character, the not character, the yeah, the the development between Kirk and David, I don't think ever gets going because yeah, like you said, you know, there's a moment where he hates him at the beginning, and then you know he he attacks him on you know the regular one, uh, the regular cave, and then um, you know he's going in to saying that we're all going to die. And then, you know, then, Oh, I'm very proud to be your son. Like, well, what, what, what? I, I would love to read the book that explains the backstory of how they came to, he, he came to show pride in, in, in his dad. Yeah, Because yeah. right. They don't, that, that, that isn't conveyed. The filmmakers didn't convey that there could, right. they could have even just done a, you know, had a moment or a, a look that David, you know, had on the bridge, say after, you know, granted, there's not much time to do it, but after right. they 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 get away from Khan and they're warping away, right? You know, they could have you could have given just one shot where you had like you know David looking at Kirk and just nodding like, you know what, I am proud of this guy. You know, you, you, that yeah. transition to, you know, then the conversation in Kirk's quarters. But right. in my own private fan fiction book, picture <laughs> this scene. It's actually Carol in like sick bay. And she says, you go down to his quarters and you tell him you're proud of him. I'm not going to do that. No, you go. You know, it's your fault the Genesis device, you know, malfunctioned anyway. We have to explain where this planet and sun came from. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's Carol just, you know. Now, uh, you guys have read the script, right? Or some of the yes. drafts? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I get the I, – watching this again, I get the feeling – there may have been some debate over David's age. Like mm. sometimes he just plays 12. And like <laughs> yeah. he's supposed to be the, the Wesley Crusher of 1982. You know, and then sometimes he's, he's 22, 23, he's Luke Skywalker. And um, you guys talked about this with Crystal Beth, you know, when they're in the cave. Right. And, you know, why don't you go find some food with Savick? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, he's he does he does the wine very well. Downer yeah. da Downer David. Yeah, right. I think uh, earlier drafts of the script, and I, I don't think we've talked about this I, um, uh, on air, but uh, some of the early drafts of the script, David was actually like the leader of a like a rebel uh, force or a contingency, um, and that there was a whole subplot there, and Kirk ends up going to join him to to help him do whatever he's rebelling against. And uh, no kidding. And, oh yeah, it's com Surfer completely. Kid. Looks yeah. like a yeah, leader of the rebellion. Yeah, mm. leader of the rebellion. Yeah. Um, there's not see, a ton I of detail on it. So. To change that. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. Um, but uh, yeah, it's too bad they didn't. Uh, it's too bad there wasn't at least in the material I was researching. There wasn't a, a lot of. Um, you know, it was more just descriptions of it um, right. rather than real detailed stuff. Because, yeah, it'd be interesting to see where that was going to go. Yeah, uh, to your point, Brett, I, I, I definitely agree that, like, they didn't seem to figure out, like, how to play David's age. Like, we we even said it, like, Weiner David or Downer David. And 
but there were, uh, you know, I think in the book or even some of the deleted scenes shows that he was supposed to have some sort of relationship with Savick prior to this whole thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if they've ever figured out, like, and maybe that's his problem, is that they just never figured out how to really implement him into the movie correctly. Yeah. And, you know, this is something I alluded to earlier. Let's say it. We love the chat. We love the guy. But I can just imagine how prickly he was about this new character. I have a son. Yeah. Is he going to cut into my scenes? Yeah, um, sure. Is he going to overshadow just, me? Yep. Yeah. I just, again, we love the chat, but, you know, we, we love his faults too. And, uh, yeah, I think that's one reason why the their uh, embracing might not have worked. They just couldn't work together. <laughs> just like, they did that yeah. in one take. That's fine. Yeah. It was, uh, so that was really, that was really Shatner then the whole time. Like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, you know, you don't know, but I just, you know, I was just reading about, you know, way back in 66 and 67. Uh, maybe you guys have read this, you know, Shatner goes to Roddenberry and says, so what's up with Leonard getting more mail than I do? <laughs> and uh, Roddenberry being very diplomatic. And also I think Nimoy just doing a good job of being you know, non-threatening and saying, well, you know, it's, He's getting the mail, but it's good on you, too, because you're going to do more scenes together and you're both going to be popular. And, hey, you're going to spend less time writing back all those fan mails. Poor Leonard. He's going to have to write and write and write. So uh, Shatner was cool about that. But, uh, again, you can kind of see maybe with bringing David in, like, son of Kirk, there's only one Kirk. And I am Kirk. Right, yeah. But, well, they, uh, that too, that too, where they have, you know, with with, with Savick too, there's this, you know, this this sense of, you know, the new Star Trek, right? This could go someplace with these these introduction of these new characters. So yeah, I could see how Shatner might be, uh, could have been a little threatened by that. Yeah, yeah, they, Spock's gone. Spock's gone, right? So wait a minute, who's next? Yeah. Well, they could have they could have even ended it here. I mean, Spock's gone. Like, how do you how do you go on without Spock? Like, you can't. But maybe, like you said, maybe this is the next, you know, Kirstie Alley and. You know, uh, uh, Mer- you know, maybe they are like, like you said, quote the next generation, and oh. uh, before the next generation, you know, maybe that's how they're gonna, you know, roll this into the next movies. Or, I mean, I don't know if that's true or not, but I can definitely see them sort of setting it up. Definitely. But then, obviously, things change, and you know, we get search for Spock. Yeah. yeah so, oh, go ahead. Uh, well, no, I was just saying, so, you know, speaking of, you know, we love we love Shatner and his acting and everything. Uh, I had a note here, you know, most of his this scene, um, he's got his, he's resting his chin. You know, yeah. he's kind of leaning on the railing. He's resting his chin. And I, I wrote in my notes, so like, oh, I like that. It's a nice touch. And I scratched it out. I'm like, no, I don't like that. It's oh. annoying. And I've, I think I think every time I watch the movie, I think it's endearing for a moment and then it bugs me. And I don't know why. It's just... Uh, I feel it's like it's so like, like I feel like soft. he's being lazy, lazy. <laughs> like it uh, just, just doesn't feel like Kirk. Yeah, and I think this goes back to my my whole thing about this scene. It's just it does not feel right in this movie. Like it just doesn't. They shifted tone. The yeah, the acting by Kirk. The 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 quote end episode. Everyone get together. Let's put the end. You know the directed by. You know I I feel like it something was not right. And I think, you know, I alluded to it a little bit where, you know, they had to reshoot this scene or they had to, you know, adjust the ending a little bit. And I feel like this is 
this is part of why it doesn't feel right. Although I do like Kirk's, you know, uh, the little poem that he or the little quote that he he utters, you know, it's a far better, far, far better thing I do than I've ever done before. Yeah. A far better resting place that I go to than I've ever known. Like I, I feel like that, like the emotion in that, like is is right for the scene, but I feel like the yeah, the rest of it kind of not. It it also brings up something that I don't think enough people have talked about with Star Trek, and that's the great captains always have great quotes from classic books. Mm. It's right there. You know, have you ever read Milton, Captain? Of course I have. <laughs> Right. Yes, exactly. Kirk, Picard, you know, they're ready to quote Dickens or Herman Melville. Yep. I I couldn't even quote something from Stan Lee if I had to. (laughs) Always ready with the quote, the perfect quote for the perfect moment. This reminds me something from Chaucer that I was just reading last night in my quarters. I almost makes me wonder if, you know, at the academy, like the English lit class is really important. Yeah. Like, well, you want to go on to command? You got to take the English lit class. Really? Yeah. Well, you got to have that quote, uh, you know, after and after an important mission. So they all they all get a co- copy of Bartlett's. What is that? Bartlett's, you know, book of quotations, whatever it is. This is chock full for every situation. <laughs> Captain's Guide to Quotes. Yeah. That's the Kobayashi Maru. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, as anyway once said, uh, right? Cliff notes, but. Um, you know, know, there are things I I like about this scene. I think it is, it is a little offbeat, maybe because we're used to, uh, this ending so many different ways. I mean, this is, it's lit a lot darker for me. Mm -hmm. There's an illusion that it's totally Nick Meyer. They're on a sailing ship, you know, that the way they're clinging to that rail, uh, it's, it's dark. So you get the sense it's twilight and they're just, yeah, they're, Leaning on the rail, looking at the, you know, Genesis Island gets smaller in the distance. Um, but, you know, it is it is weird. Again, you're kind of used to uh, seeing, say, Sulu and Chekhov driving while Kirk and Spock are reflecting on the episode. And everybody's standing back there watching. Nobody's driving the Enterprise. Well, it's, it's a good thing you brought that up because that was going to be my next point was and, – and I made this uh, – comment a while ago it's about nicholas meyer and sort of the background people i think he does great with the people in the foreground mm-hmm. but the the people in the background you know david and uh savik and sulu and hura and che- you know they're all watching and i and i get like you're taking in the spectacle but check off david and savik look bored they look yeah. completely, completely like – I mean, at least Sulu has a little bit of a smile on his face, but everyone else looks completely bored. And I'm just wondering if Meyer just didn't know how to handle that sort of background, you know, not to take away from the, the people who are talking in the front. And, you know, you just, you're just there as window dressing. Yeah. I think he, he possibly faced a dilemma of how do I get my entire cast in this shot? Right. And so, yeah, he has, it's very stagey. I mean, in the, yeah, in the foreground, again, with that allusion to the sailing ship and, and by the way, I almost want to see somebody with a glass of water, like (laughs) throw it in Kirk's face. (laughs) Like right after he says, I love that. I I never, stage hands. (laughs) That's the ocean. Um, so they look good. And, uh, but yeah, everybody else looks. It could be Madame Tussauds back there, and uh, 
you know, no sign of Scotty. I guess he's in the engine room with duct tape trying to keep the engines from blowing up. Uh, but yeah, you're right, Dave. Uh, Sulu looks pretty happy. Maybe it's the fact that, you know, after all these years, he finally gets to use the autopilot. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't have to drive, you know. <laughs> I could just set the course, push the button, and go get coffee. Uh, oh, my. Oh, my. I was born there. But, uh, yeah, and then just because we're picking on him, the worst one is David, who is looking at Savik by not looking at her. He's got yeah. that weird positioning that just doesn't work. It's, uh, again, yeah, he's, he's posing. Yeah, he's posing. He's very posed. And it, it looks as though, it, again, kind of going back to your episode of Crystal Beth, he, he, he doesn't know what to say. He's uncomfortable around her. He really wants to say, you want to go get food? <laughs> food? Remember when we were in the cave? I know you really like food and maybe we could find some food. So, hi, yeah. Chris. This is, this is boring. We got to go somewhere else. They're not holding hands, are they? You can't really tell. I keep, can't really I keep tell, looking. But the way that they're positioned, and again, we've you know we've mentioned about their um, you know the the deleted scene where Kirk introduces and you get the knowing like they've met before thing, and I wonder if they had positioned them in the scene to sort of they're together, like yeah. the way that their bodies are angled, and yeah, even Chris, like you can almost infer that they could be their hands look like they're close enough that they could be holding hands. Yep. Yeah. And she she has this look on her face that says, you know, yeah, were you going to ask me something? Maybe about food? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, here's something really minor I noticed in the background. You know, when you watch a, a one-minute scene 25 times, you start to notice things. Yes. Notice, I think it's when we cut to McCoy and Carol. There's like uh, a readout, something flashing in the background. But to me, it almost looked like a fireplace. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. It's the honeycomb, uh, the honeycomb yeah. lights in the background. Yeah, yeah. And then just with the, you know, they're a little soft, a little out of focus. And I thought, oh, how nice! They got a fire going on the ship. That's a that's a nice touch with the low lights and, you know, up and out. Just need the, the soft, need the soft crackling in the background. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like that Yule log video that's so popular at the holidays. Why not have one on a starship as well? Um, the uh, what do we think about? Or what do you guys think about? Because I have my own thought of Kirk's uh, kind of final line here. Uh, young, I feel young. Yeah. Are we are we happy for him? Are we? Uh, I guess we're supposed to feel happy for him because the whole journey of this movie has been he's old and. Um, you know, I'm in an old man's job. I'm an admiral. I sit at a desk, but, you know, and then he comes out at the end of this and he's like, young, I feel, I feel young. Like half of me, part of me likes the line. You know, I like the, the, the transition, like he got what he wanted in, in the end, not obviously not losing Spock, but he, he kind of got what he got the, you know, he got the captain's chair, he got the battle to, to live the adventure again. So I, I get where it's coming from, but I feel like it's just. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Part of yeah. me just doesn't like it. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't care for it either. And and part of it is just because again, we talked about we talked about the reshoots we're talking about today, and and you know they're go, they're going into I think make us feel more warm and fuzzy and give us hope. And uh, right. I just feel like there's too many of them, right? And even 
even this one, I, I don't know, just he just lost his best friend. He's devastated, and and now he's already starting to turn it around. And I'm like, ah, oh, uh, I, I feel like. Fit. I feel like they could have, you know, ended the movie, end of the scene on, you know, sort of doing Captain's Log, you know, Stardate, you know, and then ending, you know, I, I must return to this place, having them sort of on the bridge, sort of doing their jobs, and then do the wipe to the, the planet, the sun, and then they do the, you know, the next couple of minutes where that, you know, you fly down to the planet and you see it, all that stuff, and then the end. Like, I feel like you could have cut this whole scene away, and I feel like you would have had a better ending. And yet, wasn't this scene how Meyer envisioned it ending? Like the what we're the next minute we're going to talk about is additional scenes. Yeah, right. So he wanted, as I, I assume, he kind of wanted it to end kind of like an episode, maybe on a slightly, again, melancholy and bittersweet moment. But uh, it would have been, you know, yeah, like your classic fade out, external shot, stars. Right. right. Roll credits. But, you know, again, I think, and Dave, you brought up a good point that you know, there's something missing there. And again, I if, I think if the previous scene with, with David had just been a little warmer. Right. Yeah. Maybe Kirk's sudden, uh, you know, he's feeling a lot better. Of course, you know, you could say that, you know, he just now he gets it, you know, in that scene in his quarters where. You know, he's he's in grief. I think he's still wallowing in the self-pity of uh, from the beginning of the movie. I'm not young anymore. Um, right, yeah. Yeah, there's the book, but he can't read the book because his glasses are broken. And in a way, Kirk is still broken. So, you know, the th now the thing about the line is... He's suddenly remembering this is a far, far better thing I do. And, you know, he's he's struggling to remember it. That's a nice touch. So maybe it's in that moment, like, now I get it. Mm -hmm. you know? and it's, maybe. Yeah. And it's about, you know, it's, it's a lot to get suddenly. Um, <laughs> hey, could you, could you uh, get your life together in 30 seconds? And, uh, but I do feel like, especially after that, that speech about cheating death, I mean, you could say right now Kirk is accepting life for the first time. He's played this game of brinksmanship and living on adrenaline and a different woman on every planet. And that just don't fly anymore. Dude, you're in your 50s. Oh, go ahead. Well, that may I, – I, no, I was going to say, I feel like that – like what you just said, like the whole thing about life and, you know – I feel like that might have been a better line than young. I feel young. Maybe yeah. it's, maybe it's, um, um, you know, I need to live my life more and not be yeah. so maybe that would have been, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Yeah. And a good, yeah, a good addition to that is, is some of us might think, Oh, he's getting what he wanted. He is young. And I think instead it's more like, no, he's accepting the fact that he's in middle age but right. boy, I still have a lot of life left. Gosh darn it. Um, suddenly I do have a son and I might potentially have a family. Maybe maybe there's a second chance for me and Carol. And, uh, you know, you know, Spock's right. Even though he never really did say there are always possibilities. Yeah. <laughs> there are always possibilities. So uh, who knows? And maybe when I get back to Earth, I'll talk to Harv Bennett and see what we can do. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, so we got that all that in 
by just, you know, quoting Charles Dickens. Oh, I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm actually, glad, yeah, I'm glad we're talking about it. Right. Because that was one of the things that I, I've, um, and I'm part of the reason I'm glad we're doing this, the, the show and doing the podcast is, is that that when Kirk's quoting, you know, uh, cl- quoting Dickens, I've always been trying to figure out what he has meant by right. using it. You know, why is the captain using it in this moment? Yeah. And I think the far better resting place is, is, you know, pretty obvious, you know, that's, I think he's, that's what he's referring to for Spock. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I like how we're. Yeah. I think we could look at it as he just hit on it because when we first see the book, Spock gives it to him. It's all about, you know, the, the quote is the best of times and the worst of times. times Surely right. the best of times. Kirk isn't <laughs> saying that. He's just saying, no, this is the worst of times. Uh, I'm not 30 anymore. Screw it. Um, but it takes, so he's grieving over Spock, but then it's Kirk who remembers is a far, far better thing I do. And maybe right. that's just his little way of getting past his grief stage. And yeah. realizing, wow, okay, yeah, he did he did this for me and he did this for us. And here I am. I'm alive and I got another shot at this. And if I really loved my best friend, I'm not gonna wallow in this. I'm gonna right. I'm gonna take what I've got left and uh I'm gonna try to go fishing with this David kid. I don't think it'll go well. But uh <laughs> they have nothing in common. Absolutely nothing in common. Um It'll be. I think this will be interesting to 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 kind of look at. Um, I think we've talked about you know the kind of Spock's character arc through the television series and through these two movies, and you know obviously things change with Spock when he comes back in the in in the in the next one. Um, but it'll also be interesting to look at Kirk, his character. You know, yeah. in the remainder of the movies, you know, when you when you really look at it through this event in, in his life, because it's not that they don't. The, the rest of the films, they don't really go back and refer back to, I mean, Search for Spock does, you know, uh, plot-wise. But, you know, they don't really, hey, remember that time when, you know, we escaped Khan and, and I had the, my midlife crisis. They don't go back to it like that. But um, it'll be fun as an audience, I think, to to look at it with those eyes. Yeah, no, I definitely, yeah, that, I agree with you on that. So there's a, there's a, there's, there's a, there's a piece of cut dialogue uh, from the script. Um, really? And it's kind of fun. It's 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 nothing. It it's fun in context. So uh, the last line in the film is Kirk um, uh, giving saying, "Lieutenant, new course, second star to the right, and straight on till morning." Yeah. And um, they they cut that out for whatever reason. But I but I'm I correct me if I'm wrong, guys. They he, they do use that at the end of Undiscovered Country, right? They That's do. How, yes. Which, which is was, uh, Nicholas, Nicholas Meyer. Meyer. Yeah, so he must have, for whatever reason, it got cut. He went in and reinserted it later in in, in um, uh, episode, say episode six, in, right. in, the, in the sixth film. And uh, I, I like that they did that because um, I've a I've always enjoyed that line. Um, I don't I don't think it would have fit maybe necessarily in this film, um, but I think it's cool that they reused it. Yeah, and it's another uh, literary reference. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, it might have. It you know. It might have fit that whole thing about young and feeling young. It might have. It might have fit. Um, you know, Peter Pan, the child who grows up. Like, I get it. Like, but I feel like it fits better in the the sixth movie. Yeah, especially where we're just trying to like Kirk's finally 
you know, accepting his age and moving on. Right. You know, he, he's not a youth anymore. And yeah. uh, even though he basically is Peter Pan for the rest of the, the movies, I think <laughs> you guys were talking about that with Aaron last week. Uh, I'm having a midlife crisis. Now, okay, I accept I'm I'm middle aged now and I'm older. And but for the rest of the movies, I'm going to pretend I'm 35. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, he, yeah, that. So I've run out of notes. That's all I had for this minute, guys. Um, how about, how about you? I'm good. Yeah, I think we I think we pretty much covered it. Yeah, no, that was good. That was good. Um, well, cool. Um, well, when we wrap it up, and uh, uh, Brett, we do this every other day. So would you be able to join us again on Wednesday? Wednesday, Wednesday. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I can. I think I can swing Wednesday. Count on me Wednesday. Wonderful. Uh-huh. Uh, well, do you want to do you want to share with folks uh, where they might be able to find you online? Oh yeah. So yeah, me and Josh Horowitz, who's been on this fine, fine podcast, <laughs> uh, we do a little thing called Five Minutes of Trouble. It's uh, it's a radical concept in movie minute podcasting. We do uh, the movie Big Trouble in Little China. Oops, I almost forgot the title of my own movie on podcast. <laughs> Uh, a movie by a guy named John Carpenter called Big Trouble in Little China, and we do it in chunks, five minutes at a time. It's absolutely breathtaking. It's a, it's a thrill ride covering five minutes in an hour. It's I get dizzy every time we do it. Um, and, yeah, we're uh, quickly approaching the end of our run, but, yeah, please check us out. And we're on the usual spots on iTunes and uh, Twitter and Twitter and, and Twatter and all the other ones. Uh, but yeah, check out five minutes of trouble.com. Awesome. And, uh, folks, you can check us out online as well. We're at Rathacon minute.com. We're on Instagram as a Rathacon minute, Twitter as WOK minute. Um, and we've got the Rathacon minute listener federation over on Facebook. And, uh, so check those out and we're going to be back here on Wednesday. Uh, with minute 107 of Star Trek II here at the Rathacon Minute. Straight on till morning. I feel young. <laughs>